0: Friends, God is fighting for us. Friends, God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. I believe I have a prophetic message. In, in some ways, every message that I preach is prophetic because I always seek God and say, God, what do you want to say today? And I always speak on what he wants me to speak. But this was different. About six weeks ago, I was sitting at Cronulla um, on a Friday on a day off. Doing my quiet time, and and I was reading through Exodus, and I got to Exodus fourteen, verse fourteen, and boom. God um, illuminated this verse to me, and I don't know where I put the clicker. Can someone? There it is on a Joel's hat. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks, buddy. Exodus fourteen, fourteen. The Lord would fight. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. As I read that verse, it was like the Spirit of God highlighted that to me that it just stood out of the stood, flew out of the page at me, and like God said, Nathan, that verse is for you. The Lord will fight for me. And then I saw it again on on, on a prophetic lady that I have trust in. She writes this: God is fighting for you. And I'm like, wow, there might be something in this, and I sent it to our prophetic team, and and what came back is that Nathan, I think it's bigger than it's bigger than you. It's 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 for our church and then Hillsong Church put it up on there on one of their communication out God is fighting for you friends i believe God wants to say to his church to Nathan to Mark to Sarah to Lifegate Pads of Lifegate Liverpool and his church across this nation that that our God is fighting for us God is fighting for you Maddie and for you Michelle and for you Donna God is fighting for you, Amanda, for you, Marcelo. God is fighting for you, Lynn. God is fighting for you, Phil. God is fighting for you, Fernando. God is fighting for you, Patricia. God is fighting for you. Now before I give you the context of this passage, let me No, before we read the passage, let me give you the context. Exodus is the second book in the Old Testament. And we're talking about, it begins about the year, I don't know, 2,000 years before Jesus. And it and, and just briefly talks about how the people had come through Joseph and Jacob into Egypt. They came out, the people of Jacob's descendants left Canaan because of a massive famine and they came down into Egypt. And it says that in Exodus chapter one that the Pharaoh forgot about Joseph and all that Joseph did for the people of Egypt. And he worked out that the, that the Hebrew people had multiplied so much that if there was going to be a civil war, the people of Egypt were going to be in massive trouble. So the Pharaoh put them as slaves, and, they were, and the Bible says they were slaves for about 400 years. They were treated so poorly by the Egyptians, the Egyptians used them to build their cities, they treated them really poorly. And the people, the Hebrew people, cried out to God and said, God... Do something. You promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You promised the land. You promised that the, the, the our land, the land of Canaan, are flowing with milk and honey. This land that you promised for us, it's there. But we're trapped, God, do something. And so God sends a deliverer, the man Moses. Moses and his and his brother Aaron, the man, the, the, the guy who could speak well with, the man who could hear God so well. And, and they go to Pharaoh and they say, Pharaoh. God says, "Let the people go so they can go to this mountain and worship me." And Pharaoh says, "No." So one plague after another plague, and God sends these plagues that actually goes against the, these, these Egyptian gods. He slams right in the face of these Egyptian gods. And after 10 plagues, the people of Israel are let free, or the Hebrew people are let free. And the people who leave Egypt, there's about, the Bible says there were 600,000 men, plus women and children and herds and cattle and sheep and ducks and chickens and what else they have with them and supplies of water. And, and they left Egypt and, and, and they went down to the edge of the Red Sea. In Exodus 14, this is where we pick it up, that the Bible says that Pharaoh worked out what he's lost. He 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 lost his city builders, he lost his servants, he lost his slaves, and went, "Let's go get them back." So the people, the Hebrew people, are on the edge of the Red Sea. The Red Sea is on this side, and they see the army of Pharaoh with six hundred chariots and their horses and their army coming to them. They've got the army on one side, they've got the Red Sea on the other, and the people freak out. And they say, oh dear, this is the end of us. Let's pick up Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, cried out to the Lord and said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in, in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the, the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Verse 13, Moses answered the people. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to, to, to divide the waters so that the Israelites can grow the sea, to, to go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and i will i will gain glory through pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen the egyptians will know that i am the lord when i when i gain glory through pharaoh his chariots and his horsemen what i want to do this morning is look at each one of these slides one at a time the first one that we read and pick out a few things from each one the first thing about this slide is that the people the hebrew people are freaking out their concern for their life. It says in verse 10, it says they were terrified. Wouldn't it have been better if we died in Egypt? Were there no graves in Egypt for us to die that you brought us out in the desert to die? Friends, they were freaking out and, 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 in, and in many ways, rightly so. They had their women and their children and all their belongings. The Red Sea on one side with nowhere to go. The Pharaoh and his army on the other side who are about to destroy them, they're about to lose their lives, not just them, but their wives and children, all about to be wiped out from the face of the earth. The people freaked out. What are you freaking out about? about what are you freaking out about this morning? What's that thing in your world that that, that that terrifies you? What's that thing that you're afraid about this morning? Is it your marriage and it's not going the way that you want it to? Or it's another relationship that's messed up? Maybe it's your finances and that you're struggling to pay the next bill. And Maybe there's conflict in the workplace. Maybe there's a decision that you need to make going forward and you don't know which way to go. What are you concerned about this morning? Now when we're in those situations where we have to make a decision or there's something going on in our world going on in our world that's outside our control, it's easy to be like these Hebrew people who freaked out. When, When things seem like it's out of control, when it seems like there is no way forward, it's easy to freak out like these Hebrew people did. But it's interesting, that's not how Moses responded. Look at how Moses responded this morning in verse 13. Moses answered all the people Do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see it again. The Lord will fight for you. Why can you stand firm? Why why shouldn't you be afraid? Why will you see? Because the Lord will fight for you. And friends, that's a declaration that I want to speak over your lives today. Whatever you're freaking out about this morning, whether the marriage, the, the relationship, maybe you have a child that's wandered from God, maybe there's conflict, maybe there's financial difficulty, maybe it's a workplace, maybe it's a decision, whatever it is this morning, my encouragement for you is this, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Why can I, why can I say that? because the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. And it's not only in this scripture that we see this. It's not only in Exodus 14, 14. In Deuteronomy chapter three, verse 21, when Moses was about to hand over to Joshua, all um, the, uh, the our leadership of the people, this is what Moses says to Joshua. He says, Moses tells Joshua he is to lead the people into the promised land. And Moses says, the Lord your God will fight for you. Then in Joshua chapter 10, on the day that the sun stood still, remember that story? The day the sun stood still, Joshua declares on that day, the Lord was fighting for Israel. And then at the end of chapter 10, Joshua summarizes in verse 42, all the wars that they've had and I and Jericho and fighting the Amalekites and the king of Hebron and the king of Jerusalem, he looks back in verse 42 and he says this, all the kings and their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Israel fought for Israel. Throughout the the Old Testament, God fought for his people. When we get to the life of Jesus... We see Jesus fighting for people. It says in one John three eight. It says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy. Was to destroy the devil's work. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy. There's a fighting word. Was to destroy the devil's work. And as Jesus lived, he went around fighting for people. As he healed them. As he cast out demons. As he rose the dead. As he preached. The message of the kingdom, he fought for people, and as Samantha said in worship so well this morning, that it's at the cross, where we see Jesus fighting for us at his greatest, where he took your sin, Bella, and my sin, and your sin, Rob, and my sin, and your sin, Sam, and my sin. Happy birthday, by the way, Sam. Happy birthday. 75 today, no doubt. Something like that. You don't look it. Um, It was on the cross where Jesus took our sin upon himself. He fought for us by taking God's anger that was on us because of our wrongdoing upon himself. He fought for us by restoring the relationship that was broken. The relationship between us and God that was broken. By dying on the cross, he fought for us and he restored that relationship. Friends, at the cross, Jesus fought for us. In Ephesians 1.7, it says, in him we have redemption. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption means to be brought back. It's a, an analogy you can um, use for redemption is like a prisoner of war. You have a prisoner of war and a price is paid for them to be freed from that prison and to return to their homeland. Friends, we're like that prisoner of war. We're a prisoner of sin. We're a prisoner to death, and Jesus paid the price for us to be free. And friends, it's not only in his death, but it's also in his resurrection. In his resurrection, he fought for us, and he conquered death by becoming alive again. And it's not just in his resurrection. Jesus is fighting for you now. In Romans 8 verse 34, it says, Jesus is interceding for us. He's up there next to sitting at the right hand of the Father, speaking to the Father on our behalf. Don't ask me to explain what that looks like, but it sounds pretty awesome. In Romans 8:28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God works for the good. He is fighting for us today. The scripture says that he will meet. Every need according to his riches that are in glory. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, then who can be against us? In Ephesians 6, it says he gives us armor. In Hebrews 13, it says he will never leave us nor forsake us. And friends, on that day when Jesus returns, he will again fight for us. In 1 Corinthians 15.24, it says, then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom, this is Jesus, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has de- destroyed, after he has destroyed all dominion. And the Bible says that on that day, that, and, and after the judgment, the, the, the devil and all his demons will be thrown into the lake of fire. You like that, Marcelo? Love that. Friends, Jesus fought for the people in the Old Testament. He fought for people when he was alive. He fought for us by dying on the cross, but rising again. He fought for us now as he's in heaven, as he's interceding, as he's moving on our behalf. And he will fight for us when he returns. Friends, the Lord is fighting for you. The Lord is fighting for you. Last slide, last passage from verse 15 through 18. And then we have this, after Moses has declared, stand firm, do not be afraid, the Lord is fighting for you, we then have this, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after him. And if you know the story, that's exactly what happened. The people went through, they they were safe on the other side and the waters destroyed the Egyptian army and the people of God were safe. But as I was reading this, and, and many of you have heard this story, and this is the beauty of reading the scripture over and over again, is that God reveals stuff to you each time you read it. And it's regularly different. And look what the Lord showed me. This was fascinating. I I was so excited. I rang up Ken and I told him on the phone. I said, Ken, guess what I just found? This is cool. This is what we have. We have, listen carefully, the people freaking out. Oh dear, water. Oh dear, army. People freak out. Moses then declares, stand firm, do not be afraid, the Lord will fight for you. And then we have this. Then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites, and then he tells them what to do. What struck me was this, it's out of order. In the natural, it's out of order. This isn't the way we do things. This is the normal way. The first passage, they were terrified. Why weren't we all going to die in the desert? Then we go to verse 15. We go to God. Moses goes to God and says, God, what am I going to do? What's the way forward? And then God speaks to Moses. And then what we normally have is then verse 13, and Moses answers the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance, for God is fighting for you. Do you, do you, know, you know where I'm going with this? Who, who's not sure what I'm talking about? Who's, be honest. Not sure? I'm going to go say it again. This is so important. The order that we see in scripture is not the normal order for us today. We normally freak out, then we go to God and say, God, what do I do? Once we get the answer, then we then say, oh, it's going to be okay because God has said this. That doesn't happen here. We have the people freaking out, Moses saying, you don't need to be afraid because God's going to do this, and then Moses goes to God and say, God, what are you going to do? You got it now? So verse 10, this is is normal for us. Then we go to verse 15, what God says. And then normally for us, we go to verse 13. But that didn't happen back then. The people freaked out. And Moses makes a declaration. Before he knew what God was going to do, before he knew the water was going to part, before he knew who God was, And he knew God's promises. Moses didn't know how God was going to do it. Moses only knew God's promises for his people. And so he makes a declaration, you do not need to be afraid. Stand firm. You will see because the Lord will fight for you. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's made a promise and that's what he's going to do. Then he goes, God, what are we going to do now? And God tells him, and the river and the water parts how cool is that? I'm excited by this Kevin noticed. <laughs> friends. Friends. You may not know how God is going to do it in your world, in your finances, in your marriage, in your relationships, in that physical sickness that looks just awful. You may not know how God's going to bring that child that's run away from him back. You, know I mean? you may not know how he's going to restore that relationship or restore that marriage or to change that workplace situation. But because you know who God is and because you know his promises for you, you can stand firm, you don't have to be afraid, and you can declare what God will do, that God will bring that healing in Jesus' name, that God will restore my marriage, that God will heal my, um, my relationship, that God will meet my financial needs because of his promises. He promises by his stripes, you are, I am, can't remember which one it is, you are healed. It says he will meet all your needs according to his riches that are in glory. He wants, he promises that he wants um, forgiveness of sin and when, and when God lifts off burdens so that we can come back in relationship with people. Friends, we can declare over our lives and our situations the promises of God. We can declare the outcome before we see it. What is it for you this morning? Band, now this time. Come on down. We're going to sing that song, God is fighting for us again. And if you could do that thing in the background, just as I finish, that would be awesome. It's really distracting when the band goes up, so it's going to take a moment. Church, what is it for you this morning? What is it? What is it that seems impossible? What is it that you're struggling with? Church, stand firm. Do not be afraid. For you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Let me tell you why. For God is fighting for you. Let's stand. And where you are right now, whatever your situation, whatever your struggle, I want you to, to declare the promises of God over that struggle this morning. Tell God what he's already said and speak over that thing in your life this morning, the promises of God. God, I'm lonely. God, you promised never to leave me. I'm struggling in my finances. No, God, you promised to meet every need according to your riches that are in glory. God, I have this sickness. I am healed by his stripes. Make a de- Speak, church. Make a declaration in this place. Speak it out, whatever it is in your life. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place this morning. Just like Moses declared before he saw the outcome, before he knew what you were going to do, he made a declaration. And God, we can make those declarations over our lives because of who you are and because of the promises. So God, we stand here today and we declare breakthrough. We declare freedom. We declare healing. We... De- we declare your goodness in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name. Let's declare God is fighting for us.